I'm Bishop Sherman Young. Each week, the Word Break podcast answers questions about God, faith, and other spiritual issues. Here is this week's message. I want to go a step further than I did last Sunday, and we spent a lot of time last Sunday talking about the killings and the tragedies in Baton Rouge and St. Paul and Dallas and here we are today and we've witnessed attacks in Europe, needless killings in France, and then a failed coup attempt in Turkey. I, I want to go a little further. Psalm 62 was last Sunday, Power Belongs to God. I'm putting a second message into that package today. And I want to talk to you about your authority in life, uh, understanding your authority, how to use your authority, and why you need authority. That's from Luke chapter 10, verse 18 through 20. Believing that you found it or you have it provided for you on your worship sheet uh, with your sermon notes on it, if you could read it aloud with me with strong, faith-filled, spirit-filled voices. Beginning at the 18th verse, let's read together with our best voices. Let's read. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. But rather rejoice because your names are written. Now I'd like to read this to you as you look at it. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample, not just tiptoe or slide on to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all with the church say all that's the biggest little word in the English vocabulary over all the power of the enemy You ought to be getting excited right about now. If that didn't do it, this should do it. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. And then he says, nevertheless, don't rejoice in that, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your name are written in heaven. You know, the power goes where the names go. And wherever the names are recorded, it actually signifies your level of power. Uh, You buy a house or car or you enter into some contract, you put your name there, that's powerful. When you go to court, if there's a dispute, and the judge said, let me see the contract, Your name being signed and sometimes even notarized by a notary public gives you 
authority in that situation. Child of God, because your name is in heaven, the devil can't hurt you. Let me try that again. He may be big, he may be bad, he may be threatening. He may be intimidating to you sometimes, but he can't hurt you. He may come after you with all of his might. Hear this. The devil, Satan, may come after you with everything he's got. And you may feel inadequate or unprepared. But at the end of that season, he can't hurt you. Now, when we talk about spiritual warfare, it's important. What do we mean by that? I heard a radio conversation the other day of a person that called in talking to a secular radio host. And she used the term spiritual warfare and the host didn't understand what she was talking about. She said, I don't want to go to a certain house because my grandmother used to live there. And my sister said that, There's spiritual warfare in that house. The commentator said, I don't understand the term. Can you elaborate? And she went on to say, well, my grandmother used to live there. And ever since she died, her presence is in that house. The radio commentator said, are you saying that there's a ghost in the house? She said, yes. Now, neither the radio commentator nor the person calling in understand spiritual warfare in the first place there's no such thing as ghosts and since I'm in my native state of Alabama I'll use the word Hanks they don't exist that is a lie of the devil you say well I I know that my mother's spirit or my grandmother's spirit has to be there because something happened no That's not the teachings of the Bible. There are no ghosts of your ancestors living in your house or the ancestors of the person living next door. They don't exist. The Bible is very clear on what happens to our souls when we die. Not only is it clear, it's concise. It's found one time in the Bible in Luke chapter 16. And the Bible teaches that when the rich man died, In hell, he lifted up his eyes. The Bible says when Lazarus, the poor man, died, he was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. Their bodies went to the cemetery, but one soul went to hell and the other soul went to be rewarded. And so we learn from that that as soon as a person dies, they move from this space called earth to wherever they're going there is no purgatory where they go and wait until they can be prayed for there is no waiting room no waiting area the split second that you die you are immediately in hell or in the presence of the lord there's no waiting there is no processing there's no standing in line at the pearly gate You are immediately where you're going right then and right there. So for those who may be here that have some concern about your house being haunted 
That is not possible. But what is possible is that there are demonic forces in your house. You say, well, I went to a medium or a psychic or a, uh, a witch uh, for a seance and they communicated with my dead grandmother and told me stuff that only she and I both knew. That is not what happened. Demons are called familiar spirits, which means they are familiar with you, even though they're not connected to you. And when you go to a person reading a crystal ball, that's why we call them mediums. They stand in between the physical world and the demonic world. And they can hear both sides. And that demonic demon tells them things in order to sucker you in and get more of your money. But that is not your grandmother at the witch's house. I'll let that soak for a moment. The only spirit that we recognize as children of God is the Holy Spirit. And he takes care of us. And we don't need to hear from big uncle, big mama, or big daddy to help us with our lives. The Holy Ghost is our guide. He is our keeper. And he is our protector. When you talk about spiritual warfare, it's very different than that. It's really about the fact that the devil wanted to overthrow God. You noticed in that failed coup attempt in Turkey the other day that this group raised up on the government. Well, that's the way it was in heaven. Satan, when he was living in heaven, serving God as an angel, and the angels that he supervised had a meeting, and the Bible says that they decided that they would overthrow God. They wanted to go above God. They wanted to have Satan's throne higher. Would you say higher? Yes, higher than God's throne. So the whole idea was that Satan was jealous of God. And if the praise and worship that the angels were giving him, he decided he wanted that praise and worship. And he wanted to exalt his throne higher than God's throne. Michael, the Bible teaches, one of the other angels, threw Satan out of heaven. And the third of the angels that were with him in that failed attempt. And the Bible teaches that Satan fell to the earth. Now, here's what he did. Since he could not have authority above God, he decided to take authority from beneath God. And on the earth, mankind had that authority. And you remember the story of how Satan in the form of a serpent deceived Eve and then caused Adam to sin. Well, when Adam sinned, he literally signed his authority over to the devil. You wonder why there's so much meanness in the world? Why there's so many killings? Why there's so much rape and theft? Why so many bad things happen? Because Adam gave dominion of this earth over to the devil. People say, well, why doesn't God stop it? Because God made Adam to be in charge. Adam, in a moment of weakness, gave it over to Satan. And now you've got senseless killings and murders and 
You've got all kinds of violence and gun violence and men using trucks and running over people because that is very much of the devil. The thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that's all that the devil can do. He cannot be good. He cannot tell the truth. He cannot be a blessing. He cannot reward. He can only steal, kill, and destroy. And whatever else he does, if he deceives you into following him, at the end of it all, he will still kill and destroy. There are some people that believe that if they take life in their own hands and do it their own way, they can still get the victory. But the truth is, wherever Satan is, you're going to end up dead. He's a killer. He's a murderer. And he's full of hate. So here's what God did. Now check out the genius of God. Satan wanted to go above God. Would you say higher? Yeah, higher than God. He wanted to put his throne above God. When that didn't work, he put his throne in between heaven and earth. The Bible calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. So the devil sits right now in the midair. There'll be some that think he's in hell. I don't know if he's ever even been to hell. You know, the devil doesn't have a house in hell. The Bible never teaches that the devil lives in hell. Nor do demons live in hell. They live in the atmosphere. They live in the air. That's why there's trouble all over the world. Because they live in the air. That's why there's cancer and disease. That's why there are all these viruses. That's why there's all this trouble. It's because demonic forces live in the air and Satan is the prince of the power of the air. So what did God do about it? I'm glad you asked. Satan wanted to be higher. Can you say higher? Yes, than God. When he couldn't get higher than God, he positioned himself in between God and man in the midair. So what does God do? God comes down lower, can you say lower, to the earth. And one night in Bethlehem, he's born of a virgin. Satan wanted to go higher than God and have his authority. Didn't work. So what will God do? Come lower than the devil and become a man. Satan was upset about that. Very upset about it. Clearly when you read the Bible, he's accusing God of not playing fair. When Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness, Satan makes some remarks about that. He said, all the kingdoms of the world were delivered to me. But I will give them to you if you join my team and bow down and worship me. Satan's goal was to upset Jesus. God became one of us. Now, before God became one of us, we were powerless. Born in sin, powerless. All we could do was wrong. All we could do as human beings was full of strife. There was no good in us anywhere. Nothing but darkness in every human being. But when Jesus came to the earth, 100% God and 100% man died on the cross. He washed the darkness out of my soul. He washed my sins away. I wish I had a witness. And then 
The third day, he rises from the dead. Now, why is that important? Because the only real weapon that Satan had to use against mankind was death. He did everything according to threatening you with death. What does God do? That's why it's important that God dies on the cross. That's why you can't let people tell you that Jesus was not God. That Jesus did not die. There are some that will say he fainted on the cross. No, he died. There are some that will say, well, you know, the coolness of the tomb revived him from a coma. No, 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 no. He died. I wish I had some help right there. And I know that people don't really respect death like we used to. You know, we used to be afraid of death. But now the way people live and the way people conduct themselves don't look like they're afraid to die. But the only thing man cannot cure is death. Oh, he can give you chemo and other radiation and put cancer in remission. You know that. Oh, he can, he can give you medication that will arrest HIV and it will never become AIDS. You know that. But the one thing he cannot do is control death. When death happens, there's not a drug. I wish I had a witness. Could you imagine what it would be like if man had a drug that could bring you back to life? And as soon as you died, maybe the next day or two, they say, well, I really didn't want him to die. They put a needle in your arm and bring you back to life. He can't do it. Because death was Satan's greatest weapon. So here's what Jesus does. He comes to the earth. He dies. He rises from the dead. And what does he say? All power. I need a witness right there. Help me say this, please. All power. Yeah, say this. In heaven and in earth is in my hands. That's what he said. Well, why didn't he say that before he rose from the dead? Because that enemy needed to be conquered. And he could not say all power was in my hands until he had conquered the power of death. Because man could not conquer death. Satan used death as his greatest weapon. Satan could not go higher than God. So God came lower than Satan. And then God on the earth says, whatever you've been using on man, use it on me. He died. But the third day morning, he rose. I, I wish I had a I wish I had somebody. That understands how powerful it is to know that he rose from the dead. If that is your best weapon and I defuse your best weapon, what you got left? All power. You know why nothing can hurt you? Because Jesus took the greatest weapon the devil had. And if he took it from him, what has he got left that can hurt you? The devil tried to go higher than God. Didn't work. He got thrown out. He set his throne between God and man. So God comes lower than the devil and becomes a man. And then he dies on the cross. And here's what Jesus said. I want to read this to you again. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents. At verse 8, Jesus said, you know, I saw the devil. I saw, I beheld Satan. Rather, verse 18, he said, I beheld Satan fall from heaven. 
Like, like that's when he was thrown out. He said, and I'm telling you now, behold, I give you, would you repeat this after me? I have authority. I give you authority to do what? Trample on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. In other words, you ain't got to bag down. You ain't got to step back and you don't have to run. The devil himself cannot stop you. I'm I'm trying to help somebody here that's been living a life in fear and intimidation. Somebody here really feels like they're not calling the shots. They really feel like the devil has more authority than they do. And that stuff that's gone wrong in their life is because some kind of way demons got involved and made that happen. I've got news for you. You have power over him. But the problem is most people don't know it. And even some that know it don't know how to use it. And they're living beneath their power. Several years ago, I knew a lady in Anniston, Alabama, or of a lady. This lady was an elderly woman who lived in poverty, extreme poverty. Uh, her house was falling in, and, and she needed medicine and couldn't afford it, and things were going wrong. And she'd call for some people from her church, and even the social worker was over there when they got there. And they, they were talking to the lady because... They wanted to understand why she was so poor when the record said she had raised a boy. She didn't give birth to him, but she raised him. And that young man had gone on to become a successful doctor living in another state. He didn't live in Alabama. He lived in another state. And they asked her why was she going through what she was going through, and she said, I just don't have any money. So, well, what about the boy that you raised? She said, oh, he's doing well. He's a doctor in whatever city. And they said, well, does he ever send you any money? And she said, no, he doesn't send me any money. So do you ever hear from him? Say, yes, I I hear from him, but he doesn't send me any money. And they were kind of looking around, helping her straighten up the house, and they found some envelopes with his name on it, return address. And it was in a drawer. And they said to her, you said that he doesn't send you any money, but... What does he send here? She said, oh, he doesn't send me any money, but he sends me the most beautiful pictures. Some beautiful pictures. How does he send them? She said, in those envelopes that I say. Can I look in the envelopes? Yes. Looked in the envelope, and there were money orders. Thousands and thousands of dollars in money orders. But because she didn't understand what a money order was, She didn't know that she had money. You're not hearing me. She had enough money in the drawer to take care of her needs. But she didn't know what it was. Somebody listening to me today, you don't know the power that you have. You're letting the devil take your children. You're letting him ruin your home. You're letting him ruin your health. Because you don't know the power that you have. You're letting them run rampant over your life and you go to bed and can't sleep and then get up early in the morning and can't get any rest and you don't really know what the devil has. It's not strong enough to hold you down. I wish I had a witness. 
Somebody here needs to understand what the Bible said. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. And before you complain to God about your life being all jacked up, maybe you need to take a look in the drawer. Because you've got something right in this book that can help you get through the darkness in your life. This book is not just something to comfort you because you're sad. Not just something to help you through a time of bereavement. It's not just something for you to look at and feel good about reading. This is the word of God. And the word of God is the power of God. And wherever the power of God is, the devil has to back up. I wish I had a witness here. Can anybody throw up your right hand and say, Satan cannot have my house. You cannot have my family. You cannot have my children. You cannot have my health. You cannot have my finances. Can anybody say, greater is he who is in me? He said, I give you power. You need to reach over and touch somebody and tell them I'm powerful in the Lord. Oh, I don't have a witness here. See, you think power is determined by how many books in the Bible you read. Or power is determined by how long you pray every day. No, he said, if your name is written in heaven, I've given you power over all evil spirits. You may have just gotten baptized six weeks ago. You've got power over the devil. Y'all sit down. I'll be through in a minute. Give me five minutes. He said, power. Check this out. Behold, I give you authority. I like that word. Authority. You know what? I have some authority. I do. I have authority. I've married people. You know what I tell them at the end of the ceremony? By the authority invested in me. In the state of Alabama. I pronounce you husband and wife. And those folk go home thinking that they're married. And they don't know if I got any authority or not. They didn't look up my name on the internet to see if I'm certified. That's the kind of power I have. They will go home and build a family because Reverend Young said, we're husband and wife. That's power. Man with some authority pulled me over one day. His lights were blue. That's authority. I walked in a courtroom. Judge on the bench. They said, all rise. I stood up. That's authority. Some of y'all, you ain't going to want to admit this. There have been times you wanted to tell your supervisor what you wanted to tell them. Oh, you're not going to admit this. But you choked it down. I'm talking about you choked it down. And you are known for speaking your mind. But you thought about that check. And them bills. And you swallowed your tongue and changed your mind because of authority. He said, I'm going to give you authority to trample 
Now, trample to me is not regular walking. That has to do with, you know, the old church used to sing this song, I'm tramping, tramping, trying to make heaven my home. It's kind of like to do with stomping. Oh, I don't have the right crowd. I'm looking for some folk grew up like me that had flying roaches in the house. Now I know now, now I know you kind of bougie now, but let's take it back a few years. Because the kind of roaches we had, they weren't these little bitty small roaches you see now. We had roaches with wings. Come on now. You know you kept a can of black flag in the kitchen. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Mama would say, Go over there and step on that roach. You didn't ease over there. Stomped him. The reason you stomped him, you wanted to hear him when he popped. And you look back, you say, he dead, mama. Come on now, I got the wrong crowd here. But somebody remember when stomping roaches was a game, it was a sport. You stay in the living room with all the lights out in the rest of the house. Because you knew when you got in the kitchen and turned the lights on, you'd have to catch them to stomp them. This is not the right house. And, and you didn't flip the light on. Don't even, don't even go there on me. You had to reach up and get the string and pull the cord. You, you didn't have no light switch in your house. You walk around in the dark feeling for the string. And when you found it, you pull it and then you look down for the roaches. That's how a lot of y'all learn how to dance. Stomping after roaches. He said, I give you authority over to trample, I'm through now, over scorpions and snakes. Why didn't he just say trample on demons? Because he wanted you to know how demons behave. Some demons are like scorpions. Now a scorpion will sting you, but it's not fatal. It's painful. It won't kill you, and there's no real medicine for it. But it hurts so bad. And some demons, they mess with you. They don't kill you, but they annoy the heck out of you. You ever known people like that? It's like, it's like you couldn't rest. They were so annoying. And sometimes you can get tired of being tired. And you just don't want to fool with anybody or anything. You don't want to go to work. You don't want to interact with anybody. You don't want the phone to ring. You don't want to answer a text message. You don't want the family around because you're just tired. Because sometimes Satan will just nibble at you. He ain't going to kill you. But he'll make you so tired. Tired of I'm tired of the way I live. I'm tired of these folk. I'm tired of this job. I'm tired of this situation. But the other thing he compared him to is a snake. Now the thing about snakes, they're different than scorpions. A scorpion sting you, it hurts You'll get over it. A snake can kill you. 
There are some snakes, their venom is poisonous. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, you get snake bitten and you, you can hardly find a way to get over it. Boy, that was a bad relationship from Jump Street. You never even should have been with them. And that six months of dating them is taking away ten years of your life. I don't have a witness here. But then, you know, snakes have more than one way of killing you, too. Some snakes can swallow you whole. I heard not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, about a lady that had taken in a snake, trying to make him into a pet. I've had one friend that raised snakes for pets. I don't know how to do that. He'd come over to your house wearing the snake all around his neck. And if you're into reptiles, please don't get angry with me. I just don't know how you do it. I'd rather you not bring him to my house. And this lady, she'd taken in a snake for a pet. and She didn't understand this particular snake very well. And when she lay down, the snake would lay down. And when she lay straight, the snake would lay straight. Finally, somebody had to tell the lady, say, you know what the snake is doing is sizing you up. You know, he don't eat often, but when he does eat, he eats the whole thing at one time. And when he sees something that he likes, he will get next to it day after day after day and measure himself against it. Oh, you ain't never had nobody measure themselves against you. Oh yeah, they get slick with it, cool with it. They know your secrets. They know stuff about you nobody ought to know. They've got all your business. They know all, all they're doing is measuring you up to swallow you. And other demons can squeeze you to death. You better watch who's been hugging on you. All hugs aren't holy hugs. And all hugs don't have good intentions. I, I just thought I'd throw that out. I ain't trying to run your business. I just want you to do a better job running it. Because everybody that smiles at you doesn't have good intentions. And Satan uses three main deterrents, and let's go home. And I want to give them to you from the least to the greatest. The first is opponents, scorpions and snakes. People who are like scorpions, people who are like snakes. Opponents, could you say opponents? Satan will assign certain people to your life to steal your joy. And, and, and oftentimes you welcome them in not knowing their ulterior motive. Sometimes you have, you have welcomed them in not knowing that they have an agenda. And you think, you think that you know them, but Judas traveled with Jesus for three years. He ate at the table with them. He drank water with him from the same canteen. He sat in the services. He organized the crusades. But in his heart, he had an agenda. Opponents. Opponents. And opponents can bring offenses. And when somebody offends you, if you don't deal with it, it ultimately becomes hatred. And hatred is a bad spirit. But secondly, there are obstacles. Can you say obstacles? 
Obstacles are not people. Obstacles are situations that get in your way that slows you down. And too many times we waste time on obstacles. We waste time trying to correct things that we never should have gotten involved in. But we have gotten, now now just pray with me right here. We have gotten so attached to some things we don't even know how to let it go. And rather than do what we know we ought to do and let it go, we're still trying to make it work. That's an obstacle. It's something that is blocking your progress. And when you've got something in your life that's blocking your progress, it takes courage to release it. You have to bring courage to that authority and you have to shut it down and not look back. Oh, I don't have a witness here. But sometimes we've gotten wrapped, tied, and tangled up in it, and we're afraid to deal with it. I hate to tell you this, sometimes your own family can put obstacles in your way. Sometimes your life is running fine, and here comes somebody that you like, and they brought something into your life that's got you upset. You need to take authority over it. I mean, you can always run to me and say, Pastor, I I want you to pray over this, but it would be so much better if you use your God-given authority. And rather than hunt out prayer partners trying to change folk, what you need to do is cut it. Oh, I don't have a witness around here. Too many times we think prayer will do what prayer is incapable of doing. Prayer does not change people. Prayer changes the prayer. And what I need most of the time is not for somebody to change. I need the courage to change myself out of their life. I told you this before. If you can't change the people around you, you need to change the people around you. You didn't hear that. Let me try it one more time and let you go. If you cannot change, The people around you, you need to change the people around you. Go somewhere else. But the last thing, and we're ready to go, are distractions. Satan uses distractions. A distraction is an alternative from the best plan. I've got to learn how to focus. You know, focus is expensive. It costs a lot to focus. Oh yeah, you, you can't go out with folk because you're focusing. Can't run with the, your friends because you're focusing. No, 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 no. You're focusing on your education. I, I, I can't be hanging out. I got to focus. No, no, I, I just got married. I'm focusing on my home. I can't be going out with you now shopping and carrying on and lunching all the time. I got to be at my house focused on my family. Oh, I don't have a witness here. I said focus is expensive. How do I know? Have you ever heard this? Pay attention. You got to pay. Pay. Expensive. Pay attention. Why do they call it paying? Because in order for you to fix your attention on something, you're paying a price. I don't have anybody to pray with me. 
You're paying a price. You're not going to be able to do some of the things you love doing because you're paying attention to your spiritual walk. You're paying attention to your financial situation. You're paying attention to your children and their upbringing. You're paying attention to the success of your life. And lastly, I'm through. Two minutes. Spiritual security. Now, I told you about spiritual warfare. I told you about scorpions and, and serpents. Let me, let me, spiritual. Everybody, please say, and I'm through. I have, come on, spiritual security. <laughs> I know there's social security. I'm not talking about that. I, I, I'm talking about spiritual security. He said, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather because your names are written in heaven. I have, me, you, spiritual security. When you walk in the room, the demons know that you're there. Because there's a blood mark on your soul. The Bible said you are sealed till the day of redemption. A seal is something you stamp on something to show ownership. When I walk in a room, the demons know that I'm in that room. I've had situations, I remember one time I got on Amtrak on the train and sat down. I'm sitting there just minding my own business. Look up, here comes another guy and I can look at him and tell he got some demons. Or if he wasn't demons, it sure didn't look like him. And you know what I thought to myself? I bet you he comes sitting next to me. Guess what he did? Because they are drawn to the blood stain. Oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. One early morning, we were downtown Atlanta. I had Edward Rogers in town preaching for me. We were downtown Atlanta one Saturday morning after the meeting was over, and we were wearing blue jeans with our baseball caps on. Didn't didn't look like a pastor. Going down to the shoe store, look at some shoes I couldn't afford that day. As soon as I parked the car and we got out, here comes a hobo down the street. Reeking of liquor, tobacco. He walked up to us and said, Well, it's good to see some preachers downtown on a Saturday. How did he know we were preachers? Because those demons in him saw the blood stain on me. But say, well, did he hurt you? No, he couldn't. Because I got spiritual security. Oh, I wish I had a witness around here. I remember one, one day my pastor was out taking his walk. He'd had some health issues. And one day he was out taking his walk. And he didn't have a stick and he didn't have a pistol. And some kind of way, two Doberman pinchers got out of a fence where they were guarding a building. Now, pit bull is probably still the going thing now, but you remember before pit bulls, Doberman pinchers, two of them, big, ferocious. My pastor whirled around when he saw them. He knew they were coming after him. And as soon as they got up on him, he looked at him and said, Jesus! One dog hit the ground one way, the other one hit the 
ground the other way. And they turned and went back into that fence. If you don't want to believe it, it's up to you. But according to your faith, be it unto you. I believe the name of Jesus will protect me. I believe the blood stain on my soul will protect me. I believe the angels around me will protect me. Thank God for Jesus. That's why I praise him. I'm through. I told you two minutes. I don't praise him because everything is good. I'm praising him because I got spiritual security. Nothing can hurt me. Oh, last night, last night, Alfredi, last night, I watched the fight. Did any of y'all go to the fight? Down at the Civic Center last night, I watched the fight last night. Because Wilder, heavyweight champion of the world, is from Tuscaloosa. Thank God for Tuscaloosa. Could you have a world without Tuscaloosa? Could you have sports without Tuscaloosa? Hold on, Auburn. I'll be to you after a while. Hold on. Thank God for Tuscaloosa. And David Martin. Wilder's a big joker. Six foot seven. His fist looked like they're about as big as my head. And that's pretty big. And I'm watching the fight. And I noticed Johnson, he had a picture of Muhammad Ali on his, on, his, on his clothes, on his shorts. Standing over Sonny Liston. You know that pose, that Ali pose? Sometimes I wish I was all cut and buff like some of these. I do. Sometimes I do. You know, six pack. And I tell people I got a six pack. It's under my pot belly, but I got one. Just because you can't see it don't mean I ain't got it. I got one. And standing up over Sonny Liston. You remember that fight? The Liston fight? You remember in the fight they put something on his glove that when he hit Ali it got in his eyes and made him go blind. I wish I had a sports fanatic around here. When he hit him it smeared on his eyes. And he got blind. And at the end of the round, Ali finds his way to his corner. And he's sitting there in the corner and he tells his trainer, I can't see, I can't see, I can't see. His trainer was Angelo Dundee. And Angelo Dundee said to Ali, what's the matter? He said, I can't see, something's in my eye. Well, they're not going to call the fight off. You know what Dundee told Ali? When you go back out there, dance until you can see again. I'm ready to go. You know why I shout? It's not because I can see the victory. It's not because I don't see the enemy. I shout because I'm on a dance until I can see because my dancing gives me power my dancing increases my authority my dancing tells
destroying me. I'm going to dance. Come on, let's go home. Let's go home. Let's go home. I'm going to dance. Stand on up. Stand on up. I'm through. I'm through. I'm through. I just want you to touch somebody and tell them, neighbor, don't wait till the battle is over to shout. You need to shout now. Tell them, as a matter of fact, tell them, as a matter of fact, why don't you dance until you see your way? Dance until you see your healing. Dance until you see your victory. Dance. I don't mean to disagree with that old solo. I love to sing it too. It said, I sing because I'm happy. But I'm here to tell you, there have been times that I sang when I wasn't happy. I sang when I didn't feel well. But you know what that did? He healed me in the midst of my song. He delivered me in the midst of my trouble. <laughs> dance mm-hmm. come to Jesus come to Jesus I give you power somebody ought to just pick your foot up and put it down I got power I got authority. The devil cannot have my life. He cannot have my teenagers. He cannot have my home. He cannot steal my joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus.